Hi, I'm Beth. If you're anything like me, you didn't go into marriage thinking that you would get divorced. But that's where I found myself. Now I'm helping single divorced moms find support, solidarity, and strength from within when they get divorced. I'm so excited that you're here. This is So I Got Divorced. Let's get to it. Hey, Kimber. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I am very excited to talk to you because I feel like a lot of the things that you talk about on your podcast related to perfectionism really resonate with me and they've given me like so much to think about. And also you've had some really amazing guests who have been sharing their stories and they're just so inspiring. Yeah. Oh man. It's been such a personal growth experience for me getting to interview some of these people. I'm learning so much and I'm, I'm being inspired to ride along with everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So your podcast called just be your bad self. You started pretty recently. Tell us more about your podcast. Sure. So yeah, my podcast is called just be your bad self. I just started it in September, like mid September And it's about letting go of perfectionism and really stepping into authenticity. That's where the just be your bad self comes from. I think some people see that title and like my grandma was horrified. She's like, why are you calling your podcast? Just be your bad self. Like she thinks I'm telling people to go like steal things or something. I don't know, but it's about, it's about letting go of this idea of perfect that nobody's perfect. And it's, you can live a more fulfilling life if you are willing to let that go and just show up authentically. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Actually, can I read part of what you say in your intro? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So in your intro, the one that I was just listening to, which I think is the most recent episode, you said that the podcast is about showing up a place where you can show up imperfectly, make space for your authentic self, remember your inner child and sink into the magic of the present moment. And I think it's just so beautiful. It's so poetic. So how did you get to that place where this is, you know, what you're talking about and what you can recognize in yourself? Yeah. So I, my background is that I grew up Mormon. If you're familiar with the LDS church or the Mormon church, that's how I was raised. And I was also raised in a family where my dad was a military doctor. And I think between those two things, the military and this super purity culture, perfectionistic religion. Um, I was raised to be like perfect and I was the oldest daughter. And I think, I think that position in my family kind of put even more pressure on me. And um, I even still now, well, actually I think I might have broken out of this mold, but my siblings like, Oh, Kimber's the perfect child. Like even my siblings resented me a little bit because in this already perfectionistic culture in this perfectionistic family, I was the most perfectionistic of my siblings and I, you know, 4.0 student within like, within like Mormonism, there's just certain standards of reading your, reading your scriptures every day and writing in your journal every day. And, uh, the law of chastity, you know, not having sex or anything before marriage. And I was like, I ticked all the boxes. Yeah. So highly perfectionistic all through college got married, which I think will probably, especially where your podcast is about divorce, we'll talk a little bit more about this, but in, I'll just briefly touch on the fact that especially within this purity culture where you're not supposed to have sex or anything even close to that before marriage, marriages 
is like the end goal, right? <laughs> and a lot of Mormons, like the reputation of Mormons getting married young is super true. I was 23 when I got married and I felt old at that point. Almost all of my roommates got married in college. And at 23, I was like, I gotta find, <laughs> I gotta find somebody and get married before I'm like this old maid. Um, one of the Mormon prophets said something about if you're 25 and unmarried, you're a menace to society. Like that's the kind of pressure for marriage <laughs> in the church. Yeah. Right. Um, that actually really resonates with me. I went to a Christian college. And so there was this thing like ring by spring, you know, you're supposed to get <sighs> engaged by the spring of like your senior year. And if you don't, there's like something wrong with you. Yes. Okay. So, so. you totally get it. Yeah. I went to BYU Idaho, which is a church school and the nickname for BYU Idaho is BYU. I do. Cause like, you know, go and get married, find your eternal companion. Um, so anyways, yeah, I got married to my husband and within a couple of years after marrying my husband, I found some things out. <laughs> we won't go into detail about my like faith journey really, but suffice it to say, I ended up leaving the religion of my childhood. And that just kind of set me on the path to reevaluate everything about my life. I love the term, lately I've been thinking a lot about the term living the examined life which previously I'd only heard about that term in the musical Wicked. <laughs> There's like a whole song about the unexamined life. And I didn't really know what that meant until I left my religion. And it's like, oh, it's about, it's about not just accepting what was handed to you, whether that's from your parents or your culture or whatever. And so that's kind of, that's kind of the, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. The circumstances that brought this podcast about is me now stepping into this point where I'm like, okay, I don't have to be perfect anymore because I don't believe in all these things I used to believe in. I don't, I no longer really believe even in a, even in like an all-knowing God necessarily that's judging me on all these things. And so it's really allowed me to step away from social norms and these things that were handed to me as a child and really examine that and think, okay, what, what really is a good person? Cause there's no such thing as perfect for him anymore. So what does it mean to be good? What does it mean to be authentic and live a good life? That is what the podcast is about. And that's where it comes from. Wow. There. Yeah. That's amazing because I think, um, in one of your, I think maybe one of your first podcasts, you talk about how perfectionism is sort of like killing us. And so do you think that if you hadn't sort of examined your religion and sort of come to this conclusion that, you know, there's not one way to do things and I don't have to be perfect that like, what do you think would have happened? You know, for me, I don't really know. I, I think in a lot of ways I was already even within the church on the path of being a little more liberated, but I will say that a couple, one podcast episode that won't air until next season, I'll give everyone a little preview on your podcast is, um, and I don't, I don't mention this on that podcast episode, but it's actually <clears throat> the older sister of an ex-boyfriend that I dated while I was in college. Her story is that she went into rehab. She had to be rehabilitated for anorexia. And I had known that about her before I brought her on the podcast. And as I talked to her, I was shocked that I could see so much of myself in her because I, I will say for the most part, I've struggled with body image, just like any woman, but for, for the most part, comparatively, I have a pretty healthy relationship with my body. And so anorexia, bulimia, those things were never anything that I struggled with. And so I was surprised at how much I related to her story because her story, her story is 
not necessarily one of hating her body, but a story of perfectionism and control. And, and she went to school and just got, and she went to the same school I did. She just got so busy being involved in everything and trying to reach these perfect, these levels of perfection. And she was doing it, but it was, it was literally killing her because she, because she was meeting all these things, she did not have time to eat. And then on top of that, people were validating her for that. They were saying, how do you do it all? Oh my gosh, like you look so good. How do you do it? I wish I could be like you. And so it just fed into this like perfectionism that was literally killing her. She almost died. Um, and she had to go to rehab for months to get over, to get over it. And um, so you see it in, in cases like that. Suicide, um, I think a lot of suicide happens because of perfectionism. That's that's a, a topic that I haven't really gone into depth with yet on the podcast, but it will come up because that's part of it, right? I see, I, and I know a lot of people who have been suicidal and it all comes to perfectionism. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy to live. So yeah, literally, I think perfectionism can kill you. And I've, I've seen people come close and I've, I've seen it happen. Yeah. And just to clarify, I, when I asked that question earlier, I didn't mean to imply that. That I was going to kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) That yes, it was going to lead to, to your death. But I just, I think it's really interesting to see the progression of how perfectionism can really play into so many decisions that you make in your life. For example, when I, when I was thinking about getting married, it was that I have to get, I have to get married. I have to have this perfect life. And to do that, I need to get married. I need to have a husband. I need to have a family and I have to have this picture perfect version of my life, which I think really contributed to me getting married to the person that I did. And ultimately it did, my marriage did end in divorce, which was the right decision for me. But I can see in a lot of ways why it took so long for me to also get divorced and for me to come to those realizations. So it's just really interesting. Yeah. And so I guess thinking of it that way, I I can pretty much see my life because I know people who live this life. It's a very um, rigid, (laughs) judgmental. I think think perfectionistic people tend to be more judgmental of other people. Um, As far as my marriage goes, I... Yeah, let's dive into the marriage thing. I have some things to talk about. And yeah. this is all related to your podcast. So I'll talk to you a little bit about my marriage. So as I mentioned earlier, I was 23 when I got married. I had graduated from school without a ring. So no ring by spring for me. Um, and I was home for the summer just trying to figure out, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I went, I went to college. Yes, I, I love to learn. I love school. But I was always taught, like, my ultimate purpose was to get married. And, and so I then graduated from school where all of my roommates, or at least almost all of them had gotten engaged while I was there. And I felt like, I don't know, I I had almost been engaged to two separate people. And I just thank the Lord couldn't follow through with it. Something in my intuition, even though things looked good on paper was like, I can't, I can't do it. And then I came home and I met my husband who um, who is divorced. He was married before me. Um, I have a stepson who's 12 now. And, and I, it was the first time that I dated someone that I was super, super physically attracted to. And because there's this no sex before marriage thing, like that's your option. And, and in the, 
I don't know so much about other religions. I'm sure it happens in other religions, but I know in the LDS faith, a lot of people rush into marriage because they want to have sex. And that's the only way that it's sanctioned. And I remember on my honeymoon, sitting on this boat, thinking, what have I done? I married this man. We'd only known each other for six months and had probably only dated for two or three of those months. And now I'm married and now we've had sex and I got that out of my system. And it was like, I woke up (laughs) and I was like, what did I do? I'm now like married to this person for at the time, you know, I thought eternity, like we are sealed together forever. And I don't even know him that well. Like I'm just super attracted to him. And the first year of my marriage sucked. It was so hard. I came home. I became instant mom to my stepson. I had to like fit myself into the the life of this person who already had a very established life. I'm still, even now, eight, today, actually, ironically, today is my anniversary. We won't oh, celebrate till later. But <laughs> as of today, we've been married eight years now, and I'm still living in the, in the house he built with his ex-wife. Okay. And in so many ways, I feel like I fit myself into around into and around his life. And, and here's what here's that first year I, I knew when like the annulment date had passed, you know, because <laughs> I never even considered that I, I don't think most people probably do. You don't go into marriage thinking you're going to get divorced. Um, yeah, it didn't cross my mind until probably a week after I was married. And I was like, oh my gosh. a week after I married, I could see myself getting divorced. And I like looked up the annulment date. I knew like, okay, I can get, if I, I could maybe get it annulled up to this date. And after that, like I'm in it. Cause I didn't think like I'd ever want to go through a divorce. And, um, the thing that turned it around for me was, So this episode is sponsored by my Facebook group that's also called So I Got Divorced. And since I created this podcast to mostly help divorce single moms, I also created the Facebook group so that we have a place to connect and support each other outside of the podcast. So head on over to Facebook and search for the group So I Got Divorced and click to join. My mom gave me this like some psychology CD or something about marriage that I listened to. And he said, we go into marriage and we go into relationships thinking that the other person is there to fill our needs and that we have all these holes inside of us. And when we marry this person, they're going to complete us. They're going to meet all of our needs and we're now going to become whole. And then he said, that's not what marriage is about. <laughs> marriage is about that person is going to find those holes and then just poke at them and make them bigger until they're super, super obvious. And it's not your partner's job to, to fill those holes for you. That is your job. Their job is to point them out <laughs> and your job is to, to fill them. And, and I think the secret to my marriage, um, and don't get me wrong, even this year, there was a point when I was like, this is not, this is not going to work out. And I, and I'm married to a really good man. And, and sometimes divorce is just the best option. And that's the personal growth tool that you both need to move forward. Um, I've almost gotten there a few times (laughs) in my marriage, but the thing that has, 
has kept my marriage together, I think, is that we are, I'm going to give myself most of the credit. I am really awesome at being independent within my marriage. And I've had to work with myself a lot with like, it's not my job to make him happy. It's my job to make him myself happy. And it's his job to make himself happy. And that's such a foreign notion in this like American romanticized, you know, we've, we've romanticized romance, <laughs> I guess. And we've romanticized marriage and what it is and what it, what it isn't is always making each other happy. Right. Um, and I think that the only way that my marriage has survived is the fact that I have had to really work on not caring what he thinks and that I've got my own back. And he knows, at least I think he knows at this point, that if things aren't working within this marriage, I'm out of here because I've got my own back. And, and I really, really admire people that have gone through with the divorce because I think that shows such a level of commitment to yourself. And if you have kids, honestly, I think that shows a level of commitment to your kids. Like I think all the time, what, what am I okay with? What would I be okay with my daughters doing and living in the future? would I be happy for them if they were in this relationship or not? And if there ever comes a point where I think I would not want my daughter to stay in this situation, I will leave. Um, and so, yeah, I really admire people who've gone through divorce and sometimes that's the right, definitely the right path for everybody involved. Sorry. That was a long little tangent for you. <laughs> no, that was great. And that was so honest. Um, and I think that's what I really value about what you bring to your podcast and just you as a person is that you're just very honest about your journey and your story. And I think that, I mean, I'm imagining that so many people go into marriage thinking this other person is going to fulfill me and make me whole. I mean, that is absolutely what I, I thought marriage was. And you know, that I realize now, like I, in that process of getting divorced, I realized like that's not exactly healthy and that's not really the way it works. And so that's really a setup for not a great relationship. And I was so shocked. I went to, um, I'm a huge fan of therapy. My family has all gone through therapy. My husband's not a huge fan, but one day he will be because <laughs> I just think it's so important. But luckily I, I had a, a therapist um, that I went to just, I kind of have him on He's like my backup in case of emergency. I have a therapist if I feel like I really need one. And that first year of marriage, I went in and I talked to him and it was, I was shocked that he said, yeah, this is super normal what you're going through. Because I thought like first year of marriage, that should be the best romantic, like happily ever time there is. And it freaking sucked. My first year of marriage was hell. I every year of marriage since then has been better. <laughs> and, and um, he said, most, a lot of people go through this, but most people don't admit it because they don't think it's normal. Mm -hmm. um, and how, and no wonder, like no one teaches you that there's no movie that shows how hard marriage is. It's all about everything. Everything you watch is all about that happily ever after everything leading up to that. And yeah, that's not, that's not normal. I think the other thing I had going for me is I'm super close with my mom and she is open with me about her relationship with my dad. 
And so I've seen my parents almost get divorced and not, and pull through it. But I, but normalizing like the conflict and the, the imperfection is so important because I, yeah, our expectations of marriage are crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's really nuts. So when you were growing up, do you think that like your parents modeled like having conflict and having those like difficult conversations, like were they that model for you or is that something you've had to just sort of figure out and wrestle with as an adult? Um, no, they definitely modeled. I, I have to give my mom a lot of credit here. Um, she's a super emotionally healthy human and she's pulled them through a lot. Uh, and they still, even now, I get to see their ups and downs. Like It's nice because I feel like I get like a little snapshot of my future and I get to watch them navigate it. I get to watch my mom learn like, okay, our marriage is better <laughs> when I don't care what he thinks. And then I feel like I get a head start in my own marriage. Like, okay, my parents are in their 50s, almost 60s now. And this is what they're struggling with. Let's see if I can't incorporate this now. And I think that's been a huge help. So yeah, I think... I think I've seen it modeled, not in an unhealthy way either. I don't remember my parents ever yelling at each other. Uh, I know that there were some closed doors, converse, closed door conversations. My mom, I've seen my mom stand up to my dad in front of the kids before about things that she didn't agree with. Um, so yeah, I, I think I was one of the lucky ones that got to see a, a pretty healthy, normal marriage. My, my mom she even told me, she's like, do not get married before you have a fight with whoever it is you think you're going to get married. Cause it's really important to know how you are. Um, I will say that didn't happen. <laughs> I got married before Elliot and I ever got in an, in an argument, but I had, I at least had the good advice of, yeah, don't listen to these people who say they've never, ever disagreed or gotten an argument because that's not a model of a healthy relationship. Yeah. I think there's a misconception that you know, a healthy relationship means that you don't you have disagreements and arguments. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering if all of the media stuff about like these perfect relationships and marriages are because they're so difficult in real life. Yeah. And I think like in the media's defense, who's going to want to pay money to watch real? We don't go to the movies to watch things that are real. We go for the fantasy that the trouble comes in when we think fantasy is, is reality. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So have you seen this sort of mindset shift and um, like trickle down to any other parts of your life? As far as, I guess, clarify the question for me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen a shift in the way that you parent, for example, um, where, you know, things don't have to be as perfect or, you know, even with like work or, or anything like that? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. It, this is totally like changed my life. This, this letting go of perfectionism. I, um, I listened to a lot of her name's Julie Bogart. She's actually a, a homeschool guru. I was homeschooled. Oh, that's another, <laughs> that's another thing that probably contributed to my perfectionism. I was also homeschooled growing up, had all the things. So, um, but anyways, she's a, she's a homeschool guru and she's very much about the joy of, of homeschooling, the joy of raising your kids. And she's actually, I'm so excited. She's going to come be on my podcast. Um, 
I'm so freaking excited. So come listen to that. It's going to be an awesome. We're going to talk about authenticity and letting go of perfectionism and expectations of our kids in parenting. It's going to be a really good episode. I'm freaking out about it. But anyways, so with my kids, I've gotten, I've like got to give myself props at how much progress I've made since becoming a mom. I am very much about like trying to see them for who they are and encourage them. And my new mantra that I've kind of discovered this year is their happiness is important to me, but it's not my responsibility. I think this ties so well into this letting go of perfectionism, this idea that we are not responsible for anybody else's happiness, but our own happiness, whether that's in a marriage relationship, whether that's to your parents, your friends, or even your children. This is the hardest one, I think, for people. As parents, we feel like it's my job to make my kids happy. And I'm still, don't get me wrong, like I'm still very much in the middle of learning this and figuring this out because I want my, like I said, my kids' happiness is important to me. But I have to remember, like, this is their job. Like it it's more important that I teach them that they're in charge of their own happiness than that I make them happy, that I provide everything for them to make them happy. That's So that's been a huge mind shift, um, mindset shift for me. And then with school, actually, I'm right in the middle of, so I told you I listened to this homeschool uh, podcast. I was homeschooled. I'm a homeschool mom at heart, but I, um, my daughter just started kindergarten this year and I sent her to public school largely because I really needed the break. <laughs> She needs a lot of attention. She has all these ideas and she wants me to be there for all of them. And then just last month, I decided I want, I'm having a hard time. It's all day kindergarten and I'm having a hard time having her gone from me all day. And so um, I decided we're going to just keep her home three days a week and let her go to school two days a week, which isn't something that most parents would do because it just seems like there's one right way. Like, Either you send your kid to public school or you homeschool. And I'm, I'm like in this mindset lately that I'm like, this is my life. I don't have to do the norm. Like I can figure out what works for me. And I've been having so much fun experimenting with that. Um, okay. I don't feel like cleaning the house today. Is anyone going to die? No. If they really want to clean house, they can clean the house. I'm going to go take a bath. And the other day I was sitting in the bath reading my book. My husband comes home. He's working because whatever he wants to work and get things done. And he walks by me in the bath and says, wow, you lead a really good life. And my initial reaction was to be like, well, I already did this, this, this and day today, or, well, I'm going to do this or, you know, somehow justify the fact that I was in this bathtub. And instead, like I took a breath and I just said, yes, I do. And it was so fun to watch him kind of like flounder for a response because what do you say to someone that's just like yeah I do I have a great life (laughs) no matter what yeah no matter what you say you're gonna sound like some kind of whiner and it was so like taking charge of my own happiness and taking responsibility for my own life has been so empowering and fun I'm just having fun with it that is amazing and it's funny that you said about like you're like cleaning the house or whatever is anyone gonna die I I made a TikTok last night that was like our Christmas tree that we put up and then I like pan to the floor and there's toys everywhere. There's clothes. And I was like, you know what? Some days are just better than others and it's okay. My life isn't perfect. 
Yeah. And perfection doesn't exist. I, it sounds like you listened to my last podcast episode, which is all about Wabi Sabi, which I just discovered like this month. And it's this, uh, it's a Japanese philosophy about embracing the imperfection of things because perfection doesn't exist. And all the time, I, I think one of the reasons I love being out in nature and I don't ever get enough of it is because no, no one's rushing around the forest, picking up leaves and sticks and sweeping the dirt out of the forest. That's just like how it is. No one, no one, no, none of the trees are looking at you and judging you for wearing the wrong outfit or whatever. And um, I think it's such a good model of like more how I want to be and mm stuff on the floor like we always put in moral judgments on on things like that when it's like it's just what is there's stuff on the floor okay if it makes me happy to clean it up I'll clean it up if it makes me happy to ignore it and go take a bath that's what I'm gonna do and it's all okay like we don't have to put these harsh moral judgments on every little thing like that's exhausting Mm -hmm. I've done it for too long (laughs) I'm done with it yeah you know so If someone is sort of stuck in, I don't know, perfectionism, what do you think are signs to like sort of recognize that that's what's going on? Emotions. I think you got to pay, pay really good attention to your emotions. When I am depressed or anxious, stressed out, those are all like immediate signs that I'm judging myself somehow. And I'm, I'm holding myself to a standard that maybe I shouldn't be holding myself to, and that I need to be able to let go of some things. One of the most beautiful teachers I've had this year is um, my friend, Karen. I met her this year. She has Lou Gehrig's, but it's where your body, oh, is it ALS? Yeah. ALS. So it's when your body slowly just stops functioning like piece by piece. And um, she's to the point now, she just had a trach put in her throat a couple of weeks ago. Um, So now the last time I saw her, she can only mouth words. She can't move her hands. She can't move her arms. She's, she's in this wheelchair and she can't, she can't do anything physically for anybody else. And yet there's like no one else I'd rather be with. She just has this super loving presence and it's okay to just go sit with her and just be like, there's no pressure to do anything or to be anything. And I've thought a lot about how we're always, we're always trying, we're always judging our own worth based on how much we can do. And she's such a good example of, she's such a worthy, awesome human, even though she can't do anything. She can't, she can't do anything. (laughs) And yet she still has value and she's still this awesome, awesome human being. And that's been such a good teacher to me of like, I still have value. Even if I don't get the things done on my checklist, like I still have value. And I think we need to stop using our checklists and our to-do lists as a measurement of our own worth. And I think when we get these emotions of depression and anxiety, a lot of times that's what we're doing. I think it all comes down to down to self-worth. And I think if we can find an intrinsic way and just know we're not, we're not here to prove our worthiness to anybody. I don't believe that anymore. I used to believe that. I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe I'm here to prove my worthiness to anybody. I'm here to experience my life and to enjoy it in whatever way I can. Hopefully that answers your question. (laughs) Yeah, that 
sounds like such a more fulfilling way to go through life and less pressure. Yeah. I'm so much happier. Uh, Well, this has been so good. I feel like this is just such an important message because we get enough messaging that we need to be perfect all the time or like that we need more and what we have or what we are isn't enough. And so I just, I love the shift of just showing up um, how you are and that's enough. Do you want to talk about some of the other things that you have going on? Like, yeah. So I am so freaking excited. I'm doing, um, I'm starting to kind of get into the retreat realm um, along with my podcasts that this is kind of where it's led me. And they're, they're not like your classic wellness retreats. There are, there are workshops, there is good food and yoga, but these retreats are about authenticity. So I'm calling them authenticity retreats. And, um, this first one is the just be your bad self retreat. It's, we're going to do it in January. Uh, and we're going to do workshops on self-love and healing. And I've got this awesome drama therapist coming for like emotional release sessions. And this is like, this is the retreat where you get a like come downstairs in your pajamas and no one will care. That's like my goal for this retreat. You cannot show up for the yoga in the morning if you'd rather sleep in and no one's going to give you a hard time. Cause the whole point of this is letting go of perfection, stepping into authenticity. Like these awesome women are going to show up and I've already got like so many ideas for future retreats. I'll, um, I'll tell you the next one hasn't been announced yet, but I'll tell you we're doing a reclaiming female sexuality retreat in May. We're going to have uh, a boudoir photographer come do mini sessions. I've got a sex therapist coming um, who's amazing. Uh, I've got my friend, if you listen to my podcast, my friend Jen, who talks about her art with motherhood, she's going to come in and we're going to do like uh, figure drawings and like cool, like rainbow vulva drawings. <laughs> and it's all about like, re- I, I think I especially grew up in a purity culture, but I think America kind of has a purity culture for women and like sex is sexuality is kind of a no-no for a lot of women. And so this next retreat that I'm going to be doing in May is going to be all about reclaiming that part of ourselves. Um, anyways, so many ideas, all the retreats are probably going to be different, but that's kind of the area that I'm going into along with, with my podcast right now that I'm so excited about. That all sounds incredible. It sounds so good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So are you planning these retreats by yourself or you said you're having like people come in to do like workshops and yeah. So I'm kind of the, the planner person. Um, I have a, I will say I have a pretty good talent for finding cool, talented people that like to do the things. And so I'm good at bringing the people together, but then I have other people that are doing the workshops and, um, I have a friend that, does catering and she's super good at event planning. And so I've got a lot of support and then I'm kind of in charge of putting it all together and putting it out into the world. And I'm so freaking excited about it. (laughs) It sounds amazing. Yeah. And how long are the retreats? This first one's going to be two nights, three days. Um, it's our beta run. So a lot of what we're doing, we're doing it cheaper than we'll do in the future. Um, just to like test it out and see if there are hiccups that we need to iron out. And in the future, um, I think the female sexuality retreat will be three nights, four days and who knows how it will adjust, but yeah, more, more weekend, long weekend retreats right now. 
Awesome. Well, where can folks find you? So I'm on Instagram at just be your bad self is probably the place that I interact the most with people. Um, But if you want more information on the podcast or on the retreats, you can also find that on my website, which is just be your bad self.com. My podcast, I like to say you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, but then people will say this place and I'll be like, oh, I don't think I'm on that, but I'm definitely on Spotify, Stitcher, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts. So like the big ones I'm there. And I might be, if you listen to an obscure podcast thing, I might be on that one, but you can first listen to the podcast on my website. (laughs) Okay. That sounds good. I know there are so many podcasting places now, so it's really tricky to hit them all. Yeah. (laughs) Kimber, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. It's been really lovely. Thank you. I love that. This is the first time I've been on someone else's podcast. So that was Ah, a fun experience for me. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to So I Got Divorced so that you don't miss an episode. And follow me on Instagram at So I Got Divorced. See you next time.